Welcome, welcome, welcome to our corner of Westview, where the Comics Pals review crew is going to tackle yet another episode of WandaVision right here on We Watched WandaVision. This, of course, is the seventh episode of WandaVision. Uh, this one titled Breaking the Fourth Wall. Here to talk about this episode with me is, of course, my ever-present co-host, Pete. Keep it Jersey. What's up? <laughs> no, don't right. keep it Jersey. That's the whole point of the show. Don't keep it Jersey. Uh, Marco. Hello. <laughs> don't expect much from me. Uh, I never do. Uh, Jess. <laughs> Spooky, hello. <laughs> and because the episode, guys, right? No. Well, wasn't the last one the spooky one? Yeah, last week was Halloween. Yeah, last week was Halloween, but this week, basement. And here he comes, naughty kale. He was behind <laughs> it the whole time. <laughs> now that I would believe. Yeah, I would believe that. God. I can't believe I just saw that. <laughs> I like he got really close to the mic and the little red light on it bathed him in, in red and it made it so much more sinister. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, forget it. <laughs> so just before we dive into all of the goodness that this episode had to bring, I want to let you guys know if you're not a regular listener, the Comics Pals is, of course, a weekly podcast where the five of us, well, not the five of us that are here, uh, in Jess's steed normally is a guy named Phil that we try not to talk about as much as possible. Um, but we talk didn't about... Know. <laughs> didn't know Phil was a horse. <laughs> didn't know you owned a horse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, we talk about the news in the, in the industry. We talk about our favorite characters. And uh, we review comics, we review movies, all that jazz. If you like comic book characters, we're the podcast for you. You can check us out on all podcast hosting platforms while you're there. Leave us a like or a rating, whatever it is. You can get us on social media at The Comics Pals. You can write to us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. You can join our Discord server, a link to which is in the description below. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you very much. Make sure that you guys hit the subscribe button, like this video, Leave us a comment and share this video with your friends so that you can make them aware that we're out here and you like what we do. With all of that out of the way, let's dive into the episode. Again, this one is the seventh, so we are really, really close to the end of things. And this episode gave us some answers. It ratcheted up the tension big time. I'm going to start just by saying the biggest thing that happened in this episode that we got two uh, sort of uh, reveals, I guess, that were major. But we're going to start with the biggest one. I feel the biggest one, which is that Catherine Hans Agnes is, as we said, actually Agatha Harkness. It's Occam's Razor, right? Yeah. <laughs> Probably the, the simplest thing. That's the weirdest theory. thing. Like, yeah, like... Whoa, that's so fucking cool. But it's also like, yeah, we know. We knew. We knew that all along. But don't you think there's something unsatisfying about no, that? No, that's, that's the thing. Like, this this was actually done really well. That, like, even though, you know, if you're in the know, 
even though you know it and you know it's coming, I do feel like they threw the bait and switch well enough that it still plays. I agree. Yeah, I I think that was something that we had talked about um, maybe last week uh, about how the fact that it, it is laying enough threads that it can cast reasonable doubt on any one theory is like pretty strong, you know? It made it so that this actually felt like a reveal, even though, you know, we had, we were pretty confident that this was happening. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, I'm I'm I've been on board with it's Agatha Harkness the whole time, but while that was clear, the why is still mm-hmm. a yeah. mystery, yeah. and that's what I love about this reveal is that it doesn't tell you everything. It doesn't even tell you a lot. It only tells you she's been working behind the scenes, but we don't even know everything that she's necessarily done. Yep. And and, and I that... think it was nice to sum it up in that little song and been like, oh, I killed Sparky too. Oh. <laughs> that was the highlight of that song. <laughs> it, it was really good. Was it, it you sick fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, but it, it's also good because like, it helped to contextualize a little bit for Miranda who isn't in the know on some of this stuff who she didn't see it coming. Right. She's like, Oh, that was interesting because um, you could to, to what Pete said, like the, these characters are uh, set up in a certain way. And she'd always been like, well, what's her deal? So I guess she's fine, but wait, what's her deal? It's like, yeah, she's okay. <laughs> and then like until this moment that comes out and you're like, Oh, okay cool and then now everyone else is sort of caught up to where we are which is the why yeah exactly and this opens up i mean those doors were open but it it creates more realistic avenues to get to say mephisto um who we've talked about as a potential big bad uh, for this series i personally don't believe that Agatha is where this ends and a lot of people no. online have been suggesting that and I just think that's that's ludicrous mm-hmm. um, there were there, so there were a lot of teases and Easter eggs in this episode as it relates to Agatha as well in the um, it, the Agatha all along song that they had at the end yeah. which was absolutely tremendous uh, this show has been a revelation as far as uh the music and you know the bits and things that they've done throughout this throughout the series um we saw a book and yeah. i don't know if you guys caught it i watched the episode twice this time around so um, i'm not sure if it was immediately obvious but there was a book and i don't know about you guys but my mind went to the dark hold so i didn't catch that the first time but i went and looked at uh an easter egg guide i always like to have one open when we're doing this so i don't forget anything and that was one of the things that i saw called out a bunch um so you were definitely not the only person to clock that it's what is that the dark hold yeah so the dark hold is like the book of magic it's like okay yeah um and it was created by kathan i believe is how you say his name um and it's it was basically a way and this is where it ties in it was basically a way for him to cross over from his realm into like the earth realm, I guess. Um, and so I wonder if they wouldn't use that as a tool 
to traverse the multiverse. Mm. Mm. Okay. Uh, yeah, but that's that's where my mind went there. Uh, I saw another person call out that it could be uh, the the vampire book. Um, that's DC's another book of vampires. Ah, uh, what is it? Is it was that the one you just said? Was it Darkhold? Darkhold, yeah. Okay, that's the yeah. It's, it says here that it was. It said that it was the book that created the first vampire too, which like could potentially maybe have a connection with Blade later. Who's Morbius, yeah. That's true too. <laughs> oh, and Moon Knight. He fucking deals with vampires and shit, so could be. Yeah. Yeah. It opens up it opens up a whole uh, boatload of doors. Yeah. Um so any other immediate responses to the reveal before we kind of shift gears a little bit? Uh, it's just really cool. <laughs> yeah, it was cool, and I liked how they did it. I thought the this song was like a, a nice touch to like nod yeah. to the the sitcom stuff, and um, you know that was one. Uh, I, I liked that it kind of took us back to some of the older styles and like shot some other scenes yeah. in, in those looks. Because um, like uh, the original shot of it, where it's got like that very like spooky font and everything, and it's got the it's like very like a monsters. Like Adam's family kind of vibe, which was cool. Like, I liked how they leveraged um, they leveraged that to kind of like get a few more good, really good visual gags in there. So, speaking of the visuals, this episode was more of like a modern family mm-hmm. type of vibe. Yeah, sort of talk at the camera sort of situation, and like obviously Breaking the, the office. Um, you know, like the the opening sequence music was aping the office theme. Yeah. Uh, and something else I noticed. Um, it's this kind of obscure uh sitcom. It's called Happy Endings. Um, Joe uh and Anthony Russo were actually executive producers on it, and one of the directors who works on Wandavision, uh, worked on an episode of that show and everything. And in the beginning, when they were doing the thing where it was like Wanda, 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 like showing all the different. Uh, fonts that's an ape on the intro from that show okay so it's like a nod to a couple of the like 2010 era sitcoms speaking of demons oh my gosh (laughs) this very good boy uh justin kale's dog blake has joined the westview review crew thankfully not killed by by a witch Avenging, (laughs) avenging sparky if anything yeah He's, he's here to offer his opinion that he's very upset that Sparky was killed. <laughs> so in this episode, Wanda is kind of over it. She's not really trying to put on a front for the kids anymore. She accepts the fact that she doesn't know where Vision is and he may not care to be there. So she doesn't care for him to be there. Um, and meanwhile, the twins are kind of unsure of everything as far as their mom is concerned because she's clearly having some problems and her inability to control the world around her uh, as well as she was before with like all the different inanimate objects you know changing around her um, at random shows that things are falling apart for her in a major way yeah it's kind of starting to spin out a little bit and this episode was it wasn't the first time I felt sad for her, but it was the most sad I felt for her. I think since the show started, I know that the vibe of the episode was not that, but again, one of the things that this show has been so good at is, you know, presenting you with a fun 
environment or a fun veneer, but underneath that is like this really kind of dark undertone. And, um, you know, underneath everything else, we're presented with a woman who is mourning, grieving. She's in denial. Uh, she's struggling to accept, you know, what's going on. She's mad about it. And now she kind of just doesn't care to try to figure anything out. Yeah. She's cracking under the pressure that she's, that she's been trying to keep. And, and I think even like the kids are not so much or not as much seeing that her mom is sort of cracking, mm. but should, they're also trying to process their reality. Cause he, they, they also mentioned like, well, what about our uncle Pietro? Like, what is, what does that even mean? Like if that's supposed to be something that is real, him being his their uncle is it anymore and uh, is, is anything basically they're gonna be real well and also don't forget they just found out that they've got powers true so they're also going through that and their mom's not there to help them at all she's like i don't have the answer sorry yep um but i was gonna raise don't you guys think that it's also that she's overextended herself by extending the bubble by so much? Because there yeah. is something that she says about it that kind of implies, okay, this is too far now. And I can't really, I can't remember what it is she says, but it's in the first part where she's given the interview and she's been like, it's fine. It's fine. I extended it. It's fine. Who doesn't? It's fine. Um, and it was just kind of like, maybe that's the, that's the thread that pushes her over the edge is she's it's just too big now she just cannot control it anymore she was already struggling to control it. yeah exactly you know? exactly um and on top of the fact right like she also created the kids like she's reanimating vision and potentially still pietro you know jury's out on that one um so yeah it feels like she's just overextended at this point and it feels like they're manifesting that through her being kind of like Fraz frazzled you know but mm -hmm. like what i liked about that was um you know sean you were talking about how you really connected with it emotionally i felt like it felt like actually really eh, maybe this isn't intentional but like kind of social commentary on how like each of the episodes right that has been in a different period has not only aped the style of of show at the time but also kind of the tone and how like the american family is is shown and the way that you know problems are portrayed or whatever conflicts like in this right like uh this marital conflict is not getting brushed over in a in a sitcom -y way it's very like dad left because we're having problems oh well like mom's having a breakdown like that that feels way more like a 2010 era type storyline yeah. right of like mom has hit the brick wall and she's in bed with the blanket over her head and like you know, she's stressed out by all of modern life. And, like, that's the kind of thing that modern television might talk about. But old school sitcoms were so, like, this is an idealized world, right? Like, th th everything's solved in 30 minutes, right? Like, mom and dad make up at the end of the episode. Like, this isn't that, you know? And that is way more akin to what you'd see in something like The Office or a Parks and Rec or a modern family that is going to tell longer form story that is, like, more interested in exploring character and relationships and you know, all those sorts of things. So it felt like an appropriate um, way to leverage the time period as well and being able to do the, like, cut mockumentary, I'm going to interview the person and talk about how they're feeling right now. Super useful uh, this late in the game when it's this convoluted too, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 
I hated it. Have you guys talked about that? The episode? Uh, no, well, that's a different thing. No, the uh, that that motif in particular. That, that device. That tool. That device. Thank you. Really? It just didn't work for me. I, I really thought it would, and I thought it was going well. And then when it got to the vision parts, it felt so intrusive. <laughs> is that is that because it was more Paul Bettany than it was Vision? I don't think so. Because he's, he's so. completely different in those interview sections. Yeah, well, and that's that's sort of the the thing about those interview sections is it takes you out of the action, like you say, to get the the feeling and everything. But it just it felt so like intrusive. It's just the only word I can think of. To- I mean. I don't know. I think it's supposed to feel that way, right? Like that's kind of like the device is like cutting in the middle of a moment and having a hard cut to, right? Like something zany's happening and then hard cut. And it's like, Paul Bettany's just like, Oh geez, what's going on? Like that's kind of the humor, you know, if it didn't land for you, it didn't land for you. But I felt like that was kind of like necessary to establishing the tone. Um, and I felt like the Wanda scenes felt way more like modern family kind of vibe. Whereas like when it was with, um, Vision and and Darcy. and uh, Darcy, yeah. I was like, oh, this feels like Arrested Development now. Mm. Okay, yeah. So, speaking of Vision and Darcy, let's talk about their journey in this episode because as Wanda expanded the bubble to uh, save Vision's life, she also welcomed in quite a bit more of New Jersey into Westview and turned a lot of the sword agents into uh well uh circus workers um, yeah which um, i loved <laughs> like yeah. when they showed I them doing them like the, uh, they showed like a couple of the people who weren't clowns they were like doing like acrobatics and stuff and they were people with hula hoops i'm like damn these people are fucking flexible <laughs> like for shield agents yeah, they're, <laughs> they're like sword fit, agents <laughs> soldiers. yeah right <laughs> so i i really uh I like Vision and Darcy together a lot. I thought that was a very good pairing. And her character has grown on me a lot throughout this season. I I love Darcy and I love Kat Dennings. But in the earlier episodes, I wasn't as into her. Now, I I very much appreciate what she's doing and the role she's serving on this show. That being said, I don't think this episode did a good job of handling the circus aspect at all it didn't use it and so it felt kind of weird that it was even there Mm. um why go ahead i i don't think it needed to say anything i think the message that an army base who's trying to control everybody and we found out that hayward is trying to control a vision now it's all a circus like the the imagery of flicking between army tents and a big base that's been set up to a circus was enough in itself i thought and i thought that it was good that they just kind of gave you a couple of shots of like pete said all those soldiers doing acrobatics and the clowns and stuff it was enough and i was glad that vision you know went into darcy's mind and woke her up from it right away because i was like oh how are they gonna do this are they gonna spend ages being like haha i don't know who i am i'm an escape artist haha i was really glad that they didn't do that that they gave it a second and then they moved on so we could move on with the story. I, Yeah, I think the message in itself was enough. Like, yeah, they're all a bunch of clowns. 
Okay, we're good. I think the only thing about it that was kind of off for me was that the that was the part of town it that felt appropriate in the 80s or 90s or whatever but like in in the modern family whatever era it's like it feels kind of like an old-timey circus though like circuses aren't even really a thing anymore are they like you know yeah 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 it's it felt like a fair like a fair situation you get that all the time i'm yeah out in like um out of long island out in jersey you you get that sort of environment and to jess's point i thought i thought it was effective in just like setting up okay here's the results of what happened last episode let's keep going into like the stuff that actually matters because i don't think that them being in in the in the circus is going to matter it just gives you context for how they would exist Mm. in the continuity of westview under the hex sure yeah yeah that's fair yeah, um, it just, it just, uh, I don't know. It rubbed me the wrong way that they established it and then didn't do anything with it. But uh, in any event, Darcy was able to catch Vision up on everything because he, he in this, this version of Vision, doesn't know really anything about uh, the history between him and Wanda outside of Westview. He didn't and- even know about his origins. Right. He didn't yeah. even know about his own origin. And I, again, you know, another another instance where, you know, the show has taken the time to kind of walk you through if you don't know anything, if you're if you're if you're watching WandaVision without having seen any Avengers movies or anything at all, you will understand what they need you to know about the relationship between these two characters and their sort of place in the MCU um, just through these sequences. That was something that Phil called out as not really enjoying. I understand the value of them, but did did that bother you at all in this episode? I think it's just necessary. I, I think it's the same kind of thing you could criticize like old comic book storytelling for doing. Like we were talking about on the main show a few weeks ago about the, um, uh, what's the word? The intro pages, but not yeah. the recap. Um, but basically, where it's like, hey, the story in progress. In case you don't know, in case you didn't see this movie that came out twelve years ago, or you don't remember, right? Like, that's probably it's probably a good thing, you know. Like, yeah, maybe it's annoying if you're the initiated, but like, I think that's like a failing sometimes of people as viewers, where you're like, well, I didn't need this information, so it was useless. It's like you're not the only person watching. I... Yeah, and things like the Lost Recap, when they do that, and they'd show you the moments that are going to be relevant for the episode. I think mm. it's it, it has its place. Yeah, it's also it's also like you can't discount discount what that means for the character as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Because like to Sean's point, in universe, Vision doesn't know this information, so he needed yeah. it. So like, yeah, yeah, she could have said it all off screen, and then they could have cut to him being like, "Oh, that's what happened. I didn't realize." Yeah. But like, but then, but then you're confused at why his attitude is like that. Exactly. Yeah, but it also it does give him empathy for Wanda. Yes, it's the first glimpse of where he's been like, "Wow, she's really been through a tough time." Mm-hmm. That's uh, mm-hmm. yeah. And that was only weeks ago for her. Like, Maybe I should be a little more sensitive to this whole yeah. thing. <laughs> so I think it's it's valuable and it's needed. And I'm excited to see that too, because obviously, presumably, he's going to come and find her in Agatha's basement. And, you know, 
help. Conflict <laughs> ensues? Question mark. <laughs> Maybe you know comic books. Well, Vision wasn't able to find Wanda this week, but uh, um, Monica was. You mean photon? And exactly. That was the other major event this week, and. I thought that that was just an amazing sequence. I thought that that was an amazing uh, origin for, for that character. Um, Monica, this whole series as it relates to Monica has been about her choices, her choices, her decisions, her willingness to make the sacrifice play um, for whatever greater good. And in this case, she was choosing to, you know, go back into the bubble, albeit in her mind, she was going to be doing so in a protective vehicle that would not cause her DNA to be restructured on a molecular level or whatever. Um, but when that proved impossible, when it was either she goes in or no one does, she chose to go in. She chose mm -hmm. to go in knowing what it might do to her. And a new hero was born. Yeah, that's hero shit, right? Like, I, that was one of the cooler sequences I think we've seen of a character, like, gaining their powers, too. Yeah. Like, it was, like, a very emotional moment for her, right? Like, she has to, like, bring these parts of her personality together visually. is like, very cool. And there's, like, the dialogue between her and, and uh, Captain Marvel in the background and, like, you know... I don't know. I thought it was it was a really cool way to kind of contextualize all of the things that make up who Monica is right now, you know? Well, it was a cool callback, and I, you just literally just finished yeah. Captain I still Marvel. got 10 minutes left of it, though, uh, says, oh, my God. So you, <laughs> so you can probably speak to this better. But we got a dog appearance again for the audio listeners. The, the, <laughs> the way that sequence happens is also very reminiscent to the way – Carol sort of yep. triggers her freedom of, you know, the freedom of her powers and like, yeah, unlocks, yeah. you know, the way uh, her whole thing goes, you know, the climax of the movie. I'm going to go take care of this dog. So I'm going to peace out. Okay. Um, All right. I, I really, really liked um, when, when her and, and Wanda meet up too. like, you have that classic, like superhero like we're meeting for the first time i don't yeah. trust your intentions <laughs> and then she goes to like just i don't know fucking kill her and slam her body into the concrete and she does the superhero land and i was yep. like oh yeah. that's it she's on the board yeah. <laughs> it was super cool and yeah obviously we wanted that from the moment we saw monica Rambo. like we've we've been ready for it yeah and and again like this is this is what the MCU can do that now we're finally in this mode of like you can have a new hero's origin be told in a TV show and then transition them into a movie because we know she's going to be in Captain Marvel 2 we know she's going to share the screen with Carol Danvers and both of them will have powers and that's something that I can't wait for and I had very little in the way of excitement for Captain Marvel 2 but now I'm looking at that as a, one of the, the the movies that I'm putting a bullet point next to mm. as a movie to look out for. Yeah. Um, so WandaVision has not only been a good show on its own, but it's also setting up 
Captain Marvel 2. It's setting up Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. And then who knows how it, it resolves. It may also set up Spider-Man 3. Yeah, it, it genuinely makes me more interested in Captain Marvel 2. Because I liked Captain Marvel fine, but like it, it, I think especially in the context of when it came out, it felt like a little bit like, all right, this is cool, but you know what I really want? I want Endgame, you know, like I want to get to the uh, the main event. Uh, and I feel like now it's like okay, like I'm I'm there with Carol and everything, but like I've spent more time with Monica in the show than the entirety of Carol's on screen appearances in the MCU so far. So like. That to me is is actually really strengthening my interest because it's like, oh, cool! Like, I'm attached to one of the major supporting players. I want to see more of her, right? I imagine mm-hmm. I'll feel a similar level of attachment to Kamala Harris after her show. So Kamala it's like Khan. Kamala Khan. Sorry, <laughs> that is our vice, <laughs> Madam Vice President. That's I don't feel that way about her. <laughs> um, yeah, the, that. See, you get what I mean, right? Like, it's like, okay, cool. Like, you're establishing all of these um, supporting players who I'm going to have a stronger bond with that, like, you know, I think will will make Carol's world feel more fleshed out and, you know, like more dynamic because she has these other well-developed, likable characters to bounce off of and support her. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it, it's it's so exciting. And it makes you think about what the capabilities are of a Falcon Winter Soldier to do a similar thing. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk about the Nexus commercial. Yeah. I was like, oh, "Oh, Sean, here we go. (laughs) This was one of the things that I, that I spoke about. uh, I believe it was the last episode regarding uh, Wanda's status as a Nexus being. And so in this episode, they had a commercial that was very reminiscent of like um, 2010s commercials for um, antidepressants, antidepressants, Mm -hmm. exactly. And this one had all kinds of uh, awesome dialogue that speaks to what wanda is right Mm -hmm. and so the commercial was like if you think the world revolves around you well it doesn't or maybe it does you know like and and in her case it does she's nexus being in the comics and what that essentially means is that she's an anchor for the you for this universe and she can actually use her powers to interact with the multiverse Mm -hmm. and so this commercial kind of it could just be an Easter egg, but for me, I took it as confirmation that that's what she is and that's what we can expect and how she'll probably be utilized going forward in Doctor Strange. John, this was confirmation for me that 100% Man-Thing is coming to the big screen. Oh, you Let's beat me go. to it, motherfucker! <laughs> oh, yeah, because he's he's also one of those, right? He's the guardian he's, of the Nexus. He's the guardian of it, right. Yeah. There you go. Uh, we get our first glimpse Florida. of... We get our first glimpse of uh, New Orleans in the MCU. New Orleans, Florida. I thought it's in it's in New Orleans. No, that's Swamp Thing. Uh, he's in the Everglades. Are you sure? Yeah. All right. This den of geek Pete, articles wrong then. Pete, you're asking Mark. <gasps> oh, I'm no. sure he's right Swamp. about Swamp Thing. I don't know. I don't know if he knows about Man Thing. You know my Muck people. <laughs> I don't know. You better write in a den of geek and fucking clown them out, then, dude. Um, Jeez. <laughs> but uh. The other thing, um, one of the things they called out that I didn't notice was that they said that, um, right, she 
because of her powers and everything, she's a nexus being. She is able to alter the future even once it's set. And then she says that allows – it says that allows Wanda to change the past that would lead to the creation of, for example, the timekeepers that we saw statues of in the Loki trailer. So maybe that could be like a nod to there being some time travel – other like you know we obviously saw that in Endgame and everything, but like maybe we're going to return to that well in some capacity. Well, the Time Variance Agency we know for a fact is confirmed to be a part of the Loki series. Mm-hmm. Uh, introducing the concept of the Nexus beings now is interesting because they're in charge in part of monitoring all of that. Mm-hmm. So it creates a further connection between WandaVision and Loki, but even bigger than that. It creates a connection between WandaVision and Kang, who I've also been talking about a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, The article also said that the Nexus is where Tony found Jarvis in Age of Ultron. I don't remember that. Okay, so what that means is uh, the place that Tony goes to in Age of Ultron, that Jarvis's consciousness is is like acting as a rogue agent against Ultron uh-huh. is at a place called the Nexus. It's a physical place though, not a yeah. So that could just like be a like a nod kind of thing maybe. It could be, it could have been just the fact that they named it the Nexus for unrelated reasons, you know, who knows. Uh the only other one I wanted to call out um so if you recall there's the the scene where Wanda is at um Agatha's house. And Yo Gabba Gabba's on the TV, and uh, the the writer called out that the song they're singing is is called Jumpy Jump, and it's like, oh, could that potentially try be trying to be a nod to the idea that like it's a uni- it's a multiversal jump point, and like that's what the the hex is, that it is like a gateway between the, oh, the realms. I see. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, could I, be. I totally buy that. Yeah. Oh, because because it would and that would make sense because this whole episode time. Uh, is switching shifting like on the fly yeah the the best way that i I mean obviously they showed like all this stuff in the house is switching between the different versions we saw but we also saw when the kids were trying to play their game like the controller they were using kept switching between time periods and like it should have been a wii remote because they're in the 2000s but it was like a gamecube and then like an atari stick and then like they know their audience don't they they know their audiences about our age and grew up on all these games and are like yes it's like i'll fucking recognize the sideways we remote yes (laughs) so before we dive because i've got some more theory stuff I mean, that's all I do on the show. Bring it on. <laughs> Just before we get into that, I want to ask you guys, we've talked about what happened. We haven't talked about how we feel about what happened. So, Oh, sure. Did, did you guys enjoy the episode? How do you guys feel about the events that occurred? Where you at? Yeah. I love the I show. I did. I really did. I really enjoyed it. I know I said last week that it was less fun, but like I'm just having a really great time with the whole show. And I think the interview with Wanda is particularly relevant, you know, at the moment in a pandemic that we're in a year into, and she's just done with it all. Like, I think a lot of us are really feeling that. And I think it was, it was really done well done and really well timed within the show that we've had all this build up to it. And she's just, she's like anybody else. Now she's just kind of has no idea what to do and how to control. And I think it was interesting to see all the visual cues in the in the house and everything in the milk and that that stalk that came by again that had been there when the twins were born um 
so yeah i i really loved it i thought it was really great i thought we've got some good story momentum again we're building up to the end and it's it's really good yeah uh, i had a good time i think i feel so much similar to last week's episode where it didn't feel like it's like it hasn't lost momentum for me but uh it's not it's it's like weird it's weird to describe it it just like it didn't pop off for me as much i i wasn't as excited for this one Mm. even with all the reveals and this one was just like okay cool this is more of just giving me answers to to questions that i have marco you're so cute you started that with i had a nice time (laughs) (laughs) like you went to a nice restaurant with a grandparent i had a nice time you're so sweet (laughs) um yeah, you know, I, I love the show. It, it really struck a chord with me from the beginning and, you know, the meta stuff and I think, like, the earlier episodes, like, they they were more exciting and I get why people felt like they were more exciting because, like, so much was unknown at that point. They are huge divergent in terms of style and tone and, and visual, um, just, you know, aesthetic from the MCU proper and the closer we get to the modern day and we are jumping between those storylines. It doesn't feel that like now it just feels like something that's happening in the MCU. Um, but that that's what it is. And that's what it was always going to be. So like I get being more into it at that, you know, injection point, because I think that was really like the elevator pitch for the show was this is happening and it is happening in universe. But what does that mean? And you know, that was that was really exciting, you know, and now we're starting to get answers and I think the answers are satisfying. But I also think that like, right, like we kind of were able to predict that Agatha was was doing something right. So it's like we're getting to a point where um, there are going to be less surprises because we've been sitting here in theory crafting for seven weeks, you know, and, and we figured some stuff out. Um, so I don't know. I think that's kind of where people are at with it. The ones who are feeling like they're maybe not enjoying it as much. But for me, like this was always my expectation, right? Was that part of it was going to be the journey, the asking of the questions, and that at some point you need to start tying up loose ends. You need to start answering questions and that this needs to end. It needs to land and and have a place to go next because that's the nature of the beast. It's part of the MCU. Um, so for me, like I've felt satisfied by the pacing of how that's been revealed, the ways that it's made the shift, the answers that we've been getting, what the implications for those things seem to be are all things that are appealing to me as someone who is a fan of the MCU. Um, but, you know, if you're feeling that MCU fatigue or whatever, and now you're just like, well, it just feels like that again, so I'm I'm kind of over it, then I, I, I get feeling that way, I guess, but, like, this always had to stop at some point, you know? It couldn't just be what the first two or three episodes were forever. And if it was, it wouldn't have been special. I... I I gotta say, like, I just haven't had any problems really with this show. Yeah. Um, I'm loving it, and it it hasn't felt slow or sluggish for me. Like, and I, I've been banging the drum of Agatha Harkness since day one. When it was revealed, I popped because it's not about what you know; it's about how they show it to you. Yeah. You yeah. know, and they they handled it well. That nice little song at the end was was very. Um, clever and fun and exciting um and you know now wanda's kind of in the belly of the beast it appears and that's that's dangerous they didn't just say oh yeah agatha's bad 
you know, they gave us some, some substance along with that. And so there's some sizzle on that steak. And I, I I'm really, uh, I'm really enjoying every morsel. Um, to, to that point, can I, can I raise two things then? Please do. Do we, what do we think has happened to the twins? Do we think they're okay? Cause this is kind of this belly of the beast at, at Agatha's house in the basement. And do we think that it is Agatha that's stopping Vision from getting there because he's getting annoyed when they're stuck in traffic and then like the light changes and then construction workers come and then kids come and Darcy's like, oh my God, what next? Is it going to be puppies? And Vision's like, it's Wanda, she's doing it. She's trying to stop me from getting back there. Do we think it's Agatha pulling those strings? Do we think that Agatha also has control over that world and may potentially be gaining more as Wanda feels that she is losing control. The first part of that statement, I'm not sure. The second part, I definitely agree with. I think that's clearly what's happening in my mind. And I think, mm. to me, seeing this episode, seeing the way that Agatha was treating her, the way that she got protective of, over her when Monica entered the fray, um, confirms that. And it leads me to believe that the commercial from, I want to say the last episode, could have been two ago, there was one about, it was something about like a drain and like there being like something like, pulling energy from you or something like that and i'm kind of thinking that she is feeding off of wanda's powers and as mm. she's losing control she's becoming more powerful and mm. when she did the whole purple hand thing i took that as now she's totally in control yeah mm. the the yogurt commercial yes did, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 that was okay. the one i did I, you um you said protect she was being protective of it. do you think she was being protective or do you think that she was just making sure that monica didn't get to her first yes i don't mean protecting okay. her to okay. protect okay. her i mean to protect her right. source of power I see. I see yeah she wants to keep controlling the situation until she gets whatever it is she's trying to get out of wanda you know to the to the question about the kids um now i'm starting to question whether or not the kids are real because if if she's behind Pietro, because I think in, in the after credit scene, he's going a little purple now versus the red. So now mm -hmm. I wonder if even the kids were ever there and they were just kind of pieces to sort of keep track of Wanda through them yeah. because yeah. she wasn't able to control the kids. Well, and also her pregnancy seemed like a surprise. Right. Like they were talking about kids and then pop, she had a pregnant belly. And she even she was a bit like, is this really happening? Mm, that's amazing. true yeah it could be to distract her maybe mm. there was also a mention of the kids um and it's this is one of those shows where like i feel like dialogue always means something right so there was like the thing where the first question that vision asks is are my children okay and darcy's like i don't know <laughs> so yeah. it's like I, mm. I think that i think that question really does remain to be seen mm. um so i so first i do agree totally that it was uh, Agatha keeping vision from the home. I don't really see why Wanda would. Mm -hmm. um, she saved his life and it certainly wasn't to, you know, keep him in the streets. Um, <laughs> Go and sit in a truck and think about what you've done. It's the equivalent <laughs> of like being sent to the spur room, isn't it? <laughs> right. In the exactly. magic world. Uh, and then as far as the kids, I mean, I'm, I'm all in on camp. They're real. I, I don't, I don't, and and real right like what is real they're in, alive in, yeah they're alive they okay. exist mm -hmm. and they will go on to be who they are in the comics 
Okay. Now, does that is that the immediate aftermath of WandaVision? Almost certainly not. I think part of her journey in uh, Doctor Strange is going to be to retrieve the children. I, yeah. Doctor Strange yeah. has a very interesting title, Multiverse of Madness. A little weird, right? What are the what are the uh, initials? M O M. Damn. And Damn. also, Ta- that's some them. that's some fucking <laughs> that's some theory crafting right there. <laughs> that's what I just, come here for. I'm just imagining Sean with like a cork board, right? And he's just like he's got all these things, and then he just he has multiverse of madness, and he just he's like, oh, holy shit! He pulls out the red <laughs> sharpie and just circles mom, <laughs> slaps the fucking board. <laughs> you want me to tell you the truth, dude? I just always abbreviate things in my mind. I don't know why I do that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, mom, why? And then I thought about that a long time ago. And then this series, the longer it goes on and on, it's like, oh. And and Doctor Strange, who delivers babies? He Well, he delivers the kids, right? The twins. No. Doctor Strange? I thought so. Isn't that a thing? Oh, in the comic book. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh. Yes, yes. He delivers... He holds one of them, and then the other is held by uh, – I forget. I forget who. But Either yes, way. Yes, yes. He's there. He, he yes. has a strong connection to the twins. 100%. Oh, I was making a joke. No, it's legit, though. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's totally it's legit. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I think you're onto something there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the plot of that film. I think it'll be part of it because it's th- this whole thing still needs a big bad. And yeah, sure. Mephisto, again, is where everyone's mind goes, and I get why. It makes perfect sense. There's nothing wrong with the theory, and WandaVision clearly wants you to think about that character. But I just have I have trouble believing that they would use that character. Mm. The devil, you know, it's a little it's a little heavy. And even though Mephisto is not, um, he, he's he's not like that. He's kind of showy, kind of uh, over the top, kind of fun, extravagant character. Reminds me of Mister Sinister in a lot of ways. Sure, I still don't really know about presenting the literal devil in in their in their films. I feel like they could pull some bullshit like they have with the Asgardians, though, where it's like, yeah, it's Thor, but it's not. It's not. You know, he's an alien. You know, like, like sure. I, I feel like they could totally MCU-ify Mephisto a little bit and be like, ah, he's just, he's a demon, you know? And so to that, right, there are some things that are leading us down that Mephisto path. So one mm-hmm. is the name of uh, of Agatha's uh, bunny is Senora Scratch. And obviously Scratch is a regular... Um, uh, alias of the devil. Oh, holy shit! I didn't think about that. That's would it, would it not be like a Nicholas Scratch thing? Uh, yeah, like like that. But yeah. it could just be yeah. It's like a you know. But is not isn't that a character? Uh, not to my knowledge. In the books, you're saying? Yeah, Nicholas Scratch. Is that not a thing? Oh, I don't know. I'm unsure. Um, Hold on. I'm looking it up. Somebody Google. <laughs> Uh, what I what I do know 
is that uh, actually, actually, uh, I think you're, I think you might be right. Yeah. So Nicholas Scratch is the son of Agatha Harkness and was a resident of the secret New Salem, Colorado community populated by magic users. Agatha left the reclusive community to live among normal people and in time even became a nanny to Franklin Richards, well, whatever. But yeah, Nicholas what? Scratch is a, is a, is a character of the son. There you go. I knew about her son, but I, I didn't remember his name. So there you go. Um, huh. So that right there. Yeah. And uh, again, like I called out last week, there's like that really significant crossroads that we keep coming back to that they were back there again this uh, episode. Right. Like that's where they get stuck. It's at the crossroads. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they and apparently they abduct or Nicholas abducts Franklin Richards. So like this has Fantastic Four connections, which we've all been, you know, talking mm-hmm. about. But it, it just furthers that um, that claim. Yeah. I have one more theory or thought that I'd like to present, and I cannot take credit for this one. Um, but this one actually comes from a lot of different people on Twitter, eagle-eyed people who noticed something in Spider-Man Far From Home what? <laughs> that they are now connecting to WandaVision. Okay. So WandaVision takes place at least at, as Monica's story begins immediately after the snap um and then wanda goes and steals vision i believe it's a week after the snap far from home takes place eight months after the snap at the end of far from home spoilers for far from home if you still haven't seen it for some reason uh we know that nick fury was not on earth it was uh, Talos, his or Talos, the scroll, the scroll was impersonating Nick Fury, right? Mm-hmm. Where was Nick Fury? Nick Fury was in space on a sword base, and what he appears to be watching and monitoring has a very, very similar hexagonal structure to Hayward's office. And the theory is that what Nick Fury is watching is the events that we are now watching. He's fucking watching WandaVision. He's watching WandaVision. He's oh watching God, this so whole thing. He's binging the, the show. <laughs> so we, huh. uh, That's cool. Monica came back. She was she was snapped. Like she yes. was she, she yes. got blipped. But then yeah. Wanda didn't? No. Wanda did. Oh no, yeah, she, she did, did yeah. get blipped. Right? Okay, yeah. okay. He comes back for that um that all women fighting scene. Yeah, cuz oh, right. Okay. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, right? I think what happens is, and they walk through us through this timeline today, right? Vision dies in uh, Infinity War. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Infinity yeah. War. Yeah. She gets blipped. They both come back, and he dies again. <laughs> and then no, no, no he no. doesn't come back because he has the stone, which is part of the right, right, right. The yeah. gauntlet. It, it, he can't time. come back. It's it's him and Natasha that can't come back because they are solid anchors in the events that happen with the stones so they yeah. can't come back but everyone well, else does i think the i think the resurrection part that pete got a little tripped up on was just the fact that initially wanda killed vision yeah right then he was resurrected by thanos because he rewound time yeah. time stuff. Yeah. Then got he it killed thank you yeah and wanda had to watch that happen exactly twice right yeah. <laughs> so. exactly. then she gets then she gets blipped 
mm-hmm. then she comes back and all of a sudden all this feeling still happens. Then like, badass fight, but guess what? Her lo- the love of her life is still dead. Right. And to that, not just, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all the Avengers who she was connected to are gone. Yeah. Tony's gone. Um, Cap is gone. Uh, they're, they're all gone. Brother's still dead. Brother gone, vision gone. And right, like, uh, who's the only other one she really has any kind of like Hawkeye? And he's like retired. Like, he's like off, he's <laughs> off on his farm or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Marco, were you driving somewhere? I felt like you were driving there. Uh, no, I just wanted clarification. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, lots of theory, lots of, of, of speculation. This show has been so much fun. For that reason, mm-hmm. uh, and just the general quality of it, two episodes left to go. I can't wait to see how things. Resolve. Oh wait, for real? It's nine. Yeah. I, oh, I, I thought I, last week was the I last one. Am I? Am I the oh, we crazy person? We gotta know. We gotta know now. We were confused between eight and nine, but I think it's nine. Yeah, I wanna. I wanna say. Let's find out that it's nine. Um... Oh, nine. Yes, it is. Okay. All right. Um, That's wonderful. Yes, exactly. So two more to go. Can't wait to see how this whole deal resolves. Please write in and let us know what you're thinking about WandaVision. How do you feel about it? Are you enjoying it? Uh, Has it lost you a little bit? Where are you at? And what are your theories? Because that's the beauty of this show. And what other Marvel Cinematic Universe property has let us talk this much about the theories and the the things that could be happening uh for my money nothing has allowed us to do this this way and that's what makes it such a beautiful series thank you for listening to us speak about it here on we watch wandavision go listen to our weekly podcast the comics piles where we talk about these characters and so many more and the inner workings of the comics industry and the news and the cool stuff that you guys love about it uh, like us, rate us wherever you listen. Write to us at thecomicspilesgmail.com. You guys know what to do. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, take care, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Jess, and she killed Kale too. <laughs> <laughs> it was Jess all along. No, Kale. It's just been Jess. <laughs> I was gonna say just Jess. Well, it's like the 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 new girl soundtrack, which I don't remember anymore. But it it's just like who's that girl? Jess, 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 yeah. Jess.